Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to my live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing well. For those who's watching for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And I often do these live Q&As. And if you like, man, after watching this guys, watching this video like my vibe, go ahead and subscribe. And make sure you hit that bell, man, and so that you'll know when I go live. And I hope I'll be able to serve you one day. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, been subscribed, whether 14 years or 14 minutes ago, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray that it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone is coming in live, let me go ahead and let you guys know what some things are going on. I am back life coaching. I feel pressed to go ahead and make sure that I open up a lot of time, a lot of space for those who want one-on-one coaching. If you need relationship support, pre-engagement, engagement, or or marital coaching, let me know if you need spiritual coaching, want to uh, grow your walk with God. If you singly like, man, I, how can I maximize my singleness or or deal with the, the pains of singleness? I can help you with that. If you're looking to discover your purpose or maximize your purpose, uh, um, I can help you with that. And as well as your branding, whatever you feel uh, uh, I can best suit you, man. Make sure you uh, contact me. I would love to coach you. Also, my latest book, uh, the Wholeness Journal is now available on Amazon. It's a book on wholeness. It's a book to help you process your ability to hold the important things of life. So if you feel that this book would be a great resource for you or a friend, uh, make sure you go ahead and uh, check it out on Amazon. Also got a card game that goes with the first one who spell whole wins. It's a fun interactive card game for people to really process their wholeness. All that good stuff. I have other books like The Purpose of Singleness. Uh, also got a book for dating. Those who want to date God, date themselves and become dateable. So they can love their life forever. Also got a book on soul ties and strongholds when the sun sets free is free and deep. But you have to fly in that freedom. This book talks about soul ties and strongholds. Got a book on discernment. If you have a question about whether or not this person's a counterfeit or counterpart, this book will help you. It will help you with all various kind of decisions you have to make, whether it's jobs, cities, friends, etc. And the rest of the books are all available on my website, imunplug.com. All right, I see some comments. All right, we got some people here now. I was stalling there for a minute. All right, here we go. Now you popped up. Hey, Miss Harris, what's up, coach? What's going on? Hope you're well. What's up, Layla? Hope you're well. Brian, hey, coach, hope you had a good day. Quick question. What are some ways for me to overcome social anxiety? Well, when you know that God's a present help and he's always there and he will supply uh, what he's uh, at the compensation or uh, the balance to how he wired you. So if you're an introvert and you're more comfortable in, in isolated places, God will be your comfort in non-isolated places. That's what helped me. I'm an introvert by nature. Uh, I'm a person I would prefer to be by myself. Um, but anytime I have to speak, I tell people all the time, even before I did this video, anytime I speak in front of people, I am nervous. If you see me, I move my hands like this. I'm finding my composure. I'm finding my center. I'm finding my balance. But I know that as I step into my discomfort, if I step, when I step into the discomfort or I step into what's uncomfortable for me, I know God's going to be there for me. And so the best way to overcome a social anxiety is to start spending more time with God and really trusting that in those moments where you feel anxious, that he will be that anchor to kind of hold you steady in that position. But you have to step out in, your, in, your, in, in the uncomfortable. You're going to have to step out in discomfort because anxiety cripples, anxiety paralyzes, anxiety uh, restrains, it reframes, it, it doesn't put you in your proper picture frame, right? It, it, it isolates you. And if you don't step into that anxiety and then realize how to become awesome in that anxiety, then you won't be able to see the great things, the awesome things that God has for you. So how you can overcome social anxiety is to ask yourself, what are the benefits of me being a little bit more social? 
Or your second question you have to ask yourself, what, what is this social anxiety keeping me from? What, what areas of life would this become a detriment to me? How would this affect my marriage? How would this affect my children? How would this affect my money? How would this affect my business? And then ask yourself, what am I, where do I have social anxiety? And then ask yourself, why? Where does it stem from? Now, if it's because you became you became uh, very comfortable in, in your comfort zone, then you got to really begin to understand the benefits of stepping out in the discomfort, stepping out where you feel uncomfortable, right? So that's what helped me. I know, number one, I know for a fact that God will meet me wherever I have anxiety, that God will be there for me. So any if I'm speaking in front of two people, 3,000 people, 20,000 people at a stadium, I know that God called me to it, that God called me. And the thing about life is you're going to be around people and you're going to have to be social. When you have a daughter, you're going to have to be social. When you have sons, you're going to be social. So you have to first ask yourself, where, where, where do I have the most social anxiety and why? What, what, what will this social anxiety keep me from? Who who needs for me to overcome his social anxiety and let me better understand what anxiety does and understand that I am more than a conqueror, that greater is he that's in me, that I can face any adversity. Hope to help family. Michelle, what's going on, Miss Miller? Nyla Spence says, how do you walk confidently in faith and God given authority to spread the gospel? Great question, Nyla. Well, I understand it's not by might, not nor by power, but by his spirit, right? That my confidence comes from me cl- having a clarity I need about, th- about Christ's spirit in me, right? And when I, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, I have to ingratiate myself. I have to get involved. I have to really get into God's word, allow my faith to develop. I got to surround myself with sermons and, and words that that's going to help build my faith, right? And understanding uh, researching and studying, doing a deep dive study on what it means to have authority. That's what I did. I know who I am in Christ, that he gave me power over Satan himself. And that the only power that Satan has against me is suggestions. If I don't entertain those suggestions, then he can't have any progression in me, right? And so how do you walk confidently? First off, you have to uh, research and study what the what comes with that authority that you have been given because of Jesus. Start studying what well, like I'm reading in Mark, right? I think it's Mark chapter three, when he told, he gave the power to his disciples to go out there to, to preach the gospel and to cast out devils, right? It's only by the power of God that you're able to do it. It's not by your might, not by your strength, but by his spirit, right? But you have to develop your faith. Now, the first question you have to ask yourself is, where do I lack faith? And also I ask yourself and start asking God, show me the measure of faith. He has dealt to each and every one of us a measure of faith. My faith may be global or my faith may be local, but I cannot in, I cannot operate in a global faith if God gave me a measure of a local faith. That doesn't mean one faith is greater than other. It just means that there's greater grace, greater capacity for that person to function in faith at that level with those devils, right? So you don't want to be like John the Baptist and you start talking to kings and, and Herodias and uh, Herod's wife and, and start talking in a out of pocket, out of season. That's what got John the Baptist killed. He spoke out of season, right? Right. So when you know the measure of faith that you have been given, then you will begin to build that faith, stir that faith and operate within that faith's function and not elevate yourself into a place where you wasn't built to handle. So how do you walk confidently in faith and God given authority to spread the gospel? You have to allow the authority of Christ in your life. You have to let him be Lord. 
in order for you to be a living epistle, you got to allow the Lord to be the life of you. And what I mean by that, if the authority, if you don't submit to authority, how can you walk in authority? If you can't submit to the authority of Jesus' lordship over your life, how will you begin to develop the character, the faith, and the strength to operate in faith on behalf of him? So once you have relinquished all authority to God over your life and allow Jesus to be Lord over your life, then you will walk in greater levels of authority within the faith functional sphere that Christ has built you for. Right. So first, you got to ask, where in my life have I yet allowed Christ to be Lord over and, and relinquish that authority to him? And then you will be trusted to walk in greater authority and spreading the gospel, number one, through your life. People can care less about the about the gospel you speak from your lips if they can't see the gospel in your life. And you can't have the gospel in your life until you surrender your life to the one that gives life and life more abundantly. And that's Jesus himself. Hope that helps. Angelina also says, hey, coach, how's it going? It's going well. Birthday coming up. Your boy about to be 36. So life is pretty good. Is it normal to always have anxiety about dating a certain person? Is that a red flag? Anytime you have anxiety, that's your personal red flag, right? That's a flag that hasn't turned into a white flag. Red flags turn into white flags before they turn into green flags. What I mean by that, white flag means surrender. Anytime I have a red flag, I have to surrender that flag to God and waving that I completely surrender my life. I have this anxiety is proven that in my own effort, in my own strength, in my own hands, I am incapable of doing what I have anxiety of. Right. Anxiety is proof that one or two things that you are unfamiliar with this place of anxiety builds or you've been trying to do it in your own strength. And now you build up anxiety because you realize your own strength is not good enough to sustain. So is is anxiety and insecurities they rise, but but I the Bible says be anxious for nothing. That's a command. The delinquishing of anxiousness comes after you are completely aware of the awesomeness of God. The more I am aware of God and that He's a present help in a time of trouble and in a time of triumph, that He's always there and He's my strength and my source and my sustainability. Then no matter where I step, eventually I know I don't have to worry about anxiety because I know the greater one in me versus the anything else that I face in this world. Now, when it comes to dating, uh, of course, you may be nervous getting into a new relationship or getting out there. But when you know that God is the orchestrator of your life, then there's nothing to have anxiety about. Right now, you said to dating a certain person. Who is this person? Has God confirmed this person? Is this person God's person for you? Could this anxiety be to the point to where you have this, this elevated idea of that person? Because sometimes our anxiety builds because we fall in love with the idea of the individual versus actually getting to know that individual and see if that individual is your individual view. So you have to ask yourself, am I, am I creating a caricature of this individual greater than who he is or who she is? So, yeah, anytime you have a red flag, you got to say, OK, that that is showing me an area that I have not made into a white flag. And a white flag means I surrendered over to God and God has to then you have to then allow God to to, to see your heart and reveal your heart to you so that you can see why. Where is this anxiety stemming from? Why? Why am I anxious over this someone? Why am I anxious for something when the word of God tells me to be anxious for nothing? And then when you start going down that process, then you'll begin to see your solutions, my friend. Jody Real says, how to get over fear of moving away from, from family for a career. 
you have to understand that uh, first off, you have to examine the priorities that you have your family in comparison to God. You have to really look at your heart and ask yourself, why, why is my fear of my family greater than my fear of God? Fear in the definition means reverence. Why do I revere my family more than I revere God? Because the Bible says, why fear a man who can only kill the body? It says you better fear the one who can put both body and soul in hell. The Bible also says that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. How can you walk in wisdom in any area of your life, even with your family, if you don't first begin it with the fear of God? So you have to first examine your heart to ask yourself, why am I reverencing? And understand culturally, a lot of cultures, family indoctrinates individuals in believing that family is God, that you do everything on behalf of the family. You do this, you pursue this career because we as a family say so. We need a lawyer in our family. We need a doctor in our family. So that's that's uh, that's uh, 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 control, mental mind control, the indoctrination of individuals, young children to feel that family is God. But you have to understand that if you lose family because of God, what did Jesus say? I just read in Mark, Mark chapter five, I believe he was talking about how his mother and his brothers was coming up to him because they didn't like what he was doing. They thought he lost his mind. And it was your mother and your brother was they need to talk. He says, who's my mother? Who's my brother? He, he looked around, and said, these my mothers, these my brothers. If you ain't if you ain't in the will of God, you ain't my mother, you ain't my brother. So you have to understand that the Bible also talks about that. He came to not be, I forgot what he said, but he came to be a sword to set mother against son and daughter against father. Because you're going to have to make decisions on, 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 on for God. It's going to have you go farther than what your father intends for you to go. So how do you get over fear of moving away from your family or for a career? You got to start asking yourself, why do I re why do I reverence them more than God? What are the consequences? Am I ready for those consequences? And you have to understand that no matter any choice you do for God will always outweigh the consequences of you or whatever you receive for following God. So you have to first ask, what's the root of my fear? Am I afraid of losing them? Okay. If I lose them for Christ's sake, anything you lose for God is never a loss. It's actually a gain. You gain more time. You gain more peace. You gain more freedom. You gain more confidence. You gain more liberty. You gain much more when you lose anything for Christ's sake. He says, if anyone lose father, mother, house, a car, not car, but with donkey or whatever. And my name says, he says, not only in the life to come, but in this life, I will repay. So losing anyone to do what God has called you to do, it is what it is. This is your life, fam. You're not going to stand before your family, that the counsel of the, the patriarchs of your family to be accountable what you did in this life. You got to stand before God, fam. And that right there should build enough fear in you alone to do what God wants you to do all along. Joshua Pittman says, hey, coach, I'm having trouble discovering my passion slash purpose. The only way I believe I can discover is spending time with God. What do you think? That's where you start, family. You won't be able to know anything in life, the pieces, the perk, the people, the parts of your life until you know the person of God. The person of God will give you clarity of who he made you to be as a person. And when you begin to know and find confidence in Christ to feel confident to be the person he has wired you to be, then you will begin to find joy and happiness and, and flow in your purpose. And then when you find yourself immersed in your purpose, then you will begin to know, know who your person is as a wife, know your people as far as your friends, know the parts and the pieces that plays a part, right? Now, when it comes to discovering your purpose, a passion is a great indicator of what your purpose is. The thing about purpose that we get lost in is that we consume, we consume ourselves with purpose, capital P, and not the purposes daily. What I mean by that is, 
Sometimes we get so caught up of the purpose, capital P. What would I be known for? What is the legacy of Joshua? What would Joshua be known for? We get so caught up on all those big things, which they are good. Don't get me wrong, but we got to look up under the hood inside of our lives. Say, okay, what inside of me do I need to change so I could be the person I need to be purposefully daily? See, my focus is, like I told my wife, we were just talking just now. I was saying, hey, I don't even concern myself with what tomorrow holds. I don't even concern myself with what my ministry is going to look like five years. I don't even think about it. I just focus on making sure that I'm a person of purpose and executing in purpose right now. So right now, what you can do is is start getting to know God and don't even worry about purpose. Purpose will fulfill itself if you first uh, uh, surrender yourself to God and get to know him. Right. Spending time with him. Get lost in him. Getting lost in him helps you find anything. When you get lost in the idea of getting lost in something means that I'm just I'm just enjoying it. I'm just I'm just I'm just so I'm so concerned and consumed by it. And I ain't worrying about everything else because everything else will figure itself when it figures itself, right? So when you get lost in God, that's when you find things, right? But when it comes down to your purpose and being purposeful, it's asking, what does the word of God require me as a man? What does the word of God say about me being a, a man of God? And then start trying to implement those, trying to install those into your character hard drive, so that when it's time to implement those things in life, you will begin to see yourself becoming the person of purpose so that you can find yourself in purpose. Hope to help. And I have a lot of videos on purpose. All you got to do is type in purpose and Joshua Ezzy, my brother, and you'll find videos on that. Man, that holding this book, Michelle says, man, that hold this book is awesome. Thank you so much. It is so very detailed. It's making me really think. I am literally praying God help me fill in the question. I'm telling you. Man, I, don't even, I done gave all my books away, but that book has over 125 reflective questions that really make you think if you're ready to hold a marriage, if you're really ready to hold children, if you're really ready to hold ministry, business or whatever. And it helps you examine if you're capable of holding what you're holding right now. So that book that Michelle is talking about is my latest book, The Wholeness Journal, 125 Reflective Questions on holdness and what to hold. A lot of great interactive questions with graphs and circles and boxes. Also 25 articles on holdness, as well as 52 opportunities for yourself, for you to hold yourself accountable as you try to hold the things in life or prepare to hold. And Michelle, I don't even know if you got the card game, but my wife, she said, this might be one of the best things I ever created. It's a fun, we have a fun time playing it the activities, the exercises, the questions. It's a great card to go with that book. And uh, man, thank you, Michelle, for, for purchasing it and supporting. And get your copy right now on Amazon. It's available now on Amazon, The Wholeness Journal, the latest book that I created. I haven't even did this book do, do justice and promoting it, but it's just been a heavy season, but I'm gonna get it out there. So thank you, Michelle. I'm glad that book has been a blessing to you. Jojo says, what's up, coaches? Jojo out of Fort Worth, what's up, family? I finally found my calling. How do I let God teach me how to work it? Well, the good thing is, is don't 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 set yourself up to idolize the call. Uh, um, the thing is, is just to continue to do what you know to do, and 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 fellowship. I'm telling you, everything starts with the flow of God. I'm telling you, just flow with Him. Just have your spiritual disciplines in place. Set time for God. Spend time with God. 
uh, um, study that calling, research it, watch videos on it. Take take this season right now to just simply engage God and educate yourself about that calling. Educate yourself about that business or businesses that can surround it. Educate yourself on the authority required. Just educate yourself, edify yourself, uh, evolve yourself. Just focus on personal growth, personal development, spiritual disciplines. And then as you do that, God would then teach you more about it. And then he'll teach you how to be about it. Hope to help. Layla says, why is it that I can quickly tend to the things of the world, but I tend to procrastinate women? It comes when it oh, procrastinate when it comes to spending time reading the word and meditating. God, I need help. Great question, Layla. It is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. We live in the world. We in the world, but we not of it. But some of the things that's in the world are tactics, schemes, strategies that are all designed to pull you away from God. Layla, there is a demon assigned to you. Anytime you even try to go in the direction of the divine, demons will be assigned. Demons will be assigned to cause you to continue to be blind. Demons will be assigned to make sure you don't feel fine, right? Demons will be assigned to ensure that you waste time. That's what they do. And so that's why when you find it the hardest to pray, Pray the hardest. I tell people you have a 30 second window to defeat the devil. So anytime you feel like, like, because I, I, I tell people all the time, if you ever want to remember something that you need to do, open up your Bible. If you need to remember anything that you need to do, start praying and you'll, the demons will start reminding you of everything you need to do and then you'll be distracted. So what you got to do, number one, is to become more aware of spiritual warfare, knowing that this ain't strange. Don't don't consider it strange. This is part of the process. <clears throat> Nothing to be afraid of for greater is he that's in you than no matter what demonic opposition you may face in this world, right? So don't beat yourself up about it. It happens to the great ones. It happens to me but I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. So therefore, when I feel that tug, I read anyway. What I do is if I feel like it's hard for me to read my Bible, I read the Bible out loud. I walk around and read my Bible. When I find it the hardest to pray, I pray anyway because I'm aware of the demonic tactics. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. So one of Satan's devices is to use any type of vice, device or whatever to try to keep you away um, from where you should be, right? So why is it that I can quickly tend to the things of the world? Because we're in the world. The world is tailored to the flesh and whatever you feed most leads most. So now you got to ask yourself, am I feeding my flesh more? Also, you got to ask yourself, how is my environment? Is there anything that I have given legal right because I allowed it to be in my home? Number one. Number two. Um, man, what was number two? Number two was, uh, see, could be attacked right now. Number two was... Um, Mine went blank. Uh, oh, uh, basically what I'm trying to say is this, is that when you're, first you got to ask, what in my house do I have, have I've given legal right to demonic spirits to? Number two, am I, there we go, have I created an environment that allows me to focus? So for me, I put my phone in the bathroom. I put my phone on airplane mode. I'll put my phone somewhere else. I remove all opportunities of distractions. That the only thing that could distract me is my own mind. And if my own mind is, is not uh, uh, disciplined, then I discipline it, right? So it's nothing strange. This is what happens. And, and we have to not be ignorant of Satan's devices and know that anytime you try to go towards the divine, there's going to be an assign, someone assigned to try to cause you to be distracted. So this is what you do. First off, 
Ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything in my home that I've given legal right to demonic spirits to bother me in my home? <laughs> Holy Spirit reveals that to you. Then you begin to say this prayer. I command with the I command in the authority of Jesus Christ. I command every territorial demonic spirit that's in my home right now to loose my home in Jesus name. Anything that's not of God, it will begin to glow. You will begin to know. Then you either burn it, throw it away, get it out of your house. I had a lady who uh, asked me this. I coached her a couple years ago and she was like, there's this lust spirit in my house. And she said uh, she had divorced her spouse and she didn't know that her spouse was doing uh, sexual things on her couch. And that couch, because the sexual act of, you know, sexual act occurred on that couch, that couch was was a, a, a tool in that house to cause torment against her. She kept having sexual dreams. She was like, there's something else. I said, uh, what did the Holy Spirit show? She said, it's the couch. That next day she got rid of that couch. And when that couch was, she watched it. She made sure that truck took the couch away. From what I've known from this point, she messaged me a few weeks later saying that she hasn't um, had no sexual dreams. So that stuff is real. Then after that, you begin to create an environment of focus. An environment where you say, okay, I'm going to put my phone on airplane. I'm going to put my phone on silent. And then I'm going to go into the presence of God and, and do those things. Um, but Greater as he is in you, man, my friend. Do, when you find it the hardest to pray or read, read. And we're back to my 30-second window. You have a 30-second window. If you can endure that 20 to 30 seconds, them demons are back off. Hope they help. And you got to start teaching your mind, no, this is what we do. Mind, this is what we do now. We make time for God. We read, we pray. Then, when, then you will be slowly getting your mind on board to soar. Hope that Frank says, hey, coach, thank you for all your sound teaching. God gets the glory, fam. He, I, he gets all the glory. It's an honor that he'll use me to 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 make his teachings very sound. Quick question. How do you combat doubts and disbelief as you feed the spirit? Reading the Bible, praying, worship, says, well, you, the, the issue is, is that we oftentimes start doing spiritual disciplines at a high level that we forget to get the shovel. To get the utilize the word of God as a shovel, not the word of God for us to level up. We got to start using the word of God to start cleaning out the self-doubt. That's when you begin to start meditating strategically certain aspects of God's word that eliminates the doubt. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what I will start doing is start looking up scriptures. Go to Google or openbible.info. I'll do this with you on the computer. So, so everyone else can also see how this happens. Um, so if I share my screen, hold on. Uh, open Bible. Also, okay. Let me let me share my screen so I can show you how we how I do this or how I coach people to do it. Uh, new tab. All right, here we go. So this is what you do. You type in scriptures on self doubt, right? You got scripts to pop up, but then I always go to openbible.info. Click here and then scroll down. 
See, now you got scripture to meditate on. Now it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Finally, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Psalms 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And you just keep going. Or you can just type in scriptures on doubt if you want to get a little bit more specific. And you just kind of meditate on scriptures. And then as you constantly go over these scriptures, then you begin to see your faith stirred and faith developed, right? Because oftentimes we feel as if we're not worthy. See, no, no, the price that was paid for us was worth so much that it should eliminate our worthlessness. You see what I'm saying? So you combat these doubts with the word of God. The only weapon we have against the spiritual world, you can't punch a demon. You can't high kick a demon. You can't suplex a demon. You can't, you can't uh, rock the demon. You can't stone cold Steve Austin a demon. You can't. The only weapon you can you have against the devil and demons is the word of God. A word, the word spoken in faith. The word spoken in the name of Jesus until if your faith ain't at the level yet. Right, that's how you combat it, and then start affirming yourself with affirmation. Says, "Greater is He that's greater He that is greater is He that is in me than what I face in the world." And then walk in that in in your reading and worship time confidently, like like you deserve not deserve that strong word that 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 you was uh that that the price was paid for you to be there. Listen. If someone invites me to a nice restaurant, if someone invites me to a prestigious outing, if someone invites me to whatever, that just where there's a bunch of money, a bunch of wealthy people, and they paid my ticket there, I'm going to put on my best suit and I'm going to walk in there like I belong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you were willing to pay the price for me to be there, then you want me there. And so if Christ paid the price for you to be there, then walk confident. He says, approach the throne of grace boldly. So, hey, coach, thank you for all your sound teaching. Quick question. How do you combat doubts and disbelief as you feed the spirit? Realizing that you are, you are, you in your own strength are not good enough. You're only good because of what Christ did. And you received the imputed righteousness of Jesus. He took our sin. We took his right so that we, when we stand before God, he sees the blood. The father sees the blood of the son on us. Therefore, we can walk boldly to the throne of grace as dear children. And so what I would do, I would do a deep dive study on sonship and what it means to be a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God, and then build yourself up in that, my friend. I hope the anointing in that answer helped you to destroy the yoke at least because it wasn't as practical as probably when I usually answer questions, they may not be as practical as, as some would desire, but I pray the anointing was strong enough on there to break the wires. Corey says, got time for two more and I got to go. Yo, coach, I feel like I'm still needing to, uh, okay. Yo, coach, I feel like I still needed to tithe even though I don't have a paycheck coming in to take 10%. How much should I give? I've asked the Holy Spirit. I have an amount in mind. I have an amount in mind, but what court? But I don't know if I came up with it or if it's the answer from the Lord. Listen, you know it's God when you can't shake it. You know it's you when you can shake it. And what I mean by that is, is that when you begin, the Bible says he'll, in certain aspects that he'll give, he'll tell you what to give. And you just give it by faith. That's what you do. And, and go from there. And so 
uh, you have an amount in mind, go for it. As long as uh, go for it, if the Holy Spirit tells you go for it. That's all, that's the best advice I can give you. Be wise though. Uh, consider what you got to do. But if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, you do it, man. That's all I got to say. Hope to help. God scribe says, hey, coach, what to do when God is building you up for what he has called you to do by breaking down the fear that's within? How to deal with fear? Great question. Well, fear is a false evidence appearing real. Fear cannot be trusted. Fear is like anger. When it rises, you let it rise, but don't sin with it. You don't ride fear. The first thing you got to ask yourself is what is this fear trying to keep me from? What kind of person must I be to walk in faith in what I'm having fear of, right? I have to also understand that fear or anxiety, not anxiety, fear or insecurity is going to naturally rise when God begins to raise you into greater positions of authority and success. But you also know that God is with you to deal with the rest, right? And so you come back fear by developing your faith, the opposites. You always deal with the opposites, right? The opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of fear is faith. And so if I have fear in this area, I got to audit. I got to investigate that fear. I got to interrogate that fear. Fear, why are you here? Fear, why are you here? Fear, what are you trying to keep me from? Where did this fear stem, stem from? Right? And then ask yourself, hey, man, what's your why? Why must you walk in faith in this area? I know what it's like to 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 uh, to be consumed with the idea of inadequacies or insecurities, right? But that's part of being broken. Nothing with God. When God breaks someone, he, they don't he don't break them into pieces. He break them into peace, into wholeness. And so this is probably a byproduct of God pruning you. That's what's going on. Uh, um, but know that as God is breaking you, there's going to be some things that you're going to really see about yourself that you didn't even know was in there. Or even if you knew it was in there, you didn't know it was like that to the capacity that it was revealed. And so you, the best way to deal with fear is to deal with it. And you deal with it with faith. And how you deal with the faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How you deal with uh, fear? You walk through it. <laughs> you just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it to the best of your ability. And then you will begin to feel that fear fall off because you really begin to find who you are in Christ and how he's going to help you. Hope to help. Time for two more. And I got to go. Uh, let me see. What time is it? Okay. Thank y'all for joining me this, this Wednesday afternoon. How do you remain focused while you're waiting for the Lord to reveal whether or not someone is from God or not? Great question, Michelle. Is to not even consume your mind with who that person is or when that time will be. Waiting on God, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I've never met a person who just sat there and wait, have their strength renewed. But when you're serving, I can see how when someone is serving like a waitress or a waiter, I can see how their strength is renewed. So while you're waiting for the Lord to reveal anything, you continue to wait on the Lord, whatever he wants you to do. And so servinghood and distracting yourself with servinghood towards God and serving uh, um, the purposes of God will, will, will cause the emotions to dilute, right? Because what you don't want to do is to consume yourself so deeply about a person that may not even be the person for you. So you remain focused by fixating your focus, number one, on God. The Bible says it was the joy that was set before him. We were the joy that was set before him that helped him to endure the cross, despise his shame. You got to have something eternal focus. If you have an earthly focus, you'll only go but so far. 
If you have an eternal focus, Jesus being your joy, you will endure anything that you may feel throughout life because you know the life giver is where your focus is. So you remain focused by first understanding that God's timing is perfect. You remain focused by knowing that God has his best for you. You remain focused by knowing that you're not going to be good enough, not good enough, that you're not going to really have anything good to bring to the table if all you do is waiting to hear whether or not this person is in. So therefore, you now focus on personal development and then trust that when God reveals, God will reveal. And then, and, and don't even think about the guy. Easier said than done. I understand. But when you understand the principles of focus, because whatever you, whatever focuses flourishes, you focusing on him is only flourishing the idea of him to you. You're not really flourishing him or you're not even flourishing the relationship. So when you focus on an individual, you're, you're feeding and fueling the idea of that person. Now that person becomes bigger and bigger now because you're focusing on the idea of that person. And then you make that person actually bigger than who they really are. And then when you have this false idea of this individual and this individual, y'all end up dating, then you're going to put unnecessary pressure on that person because you created this monster character of the individual. And that person like, that's not even me. <laughs> so in the meantime, focus is fuel. Focus, whatever you have your focus flourishes. So now you got to start focusing on the things you want to see flourish. You will need to focus on you. Don't you want to flourish? Don't you want your purposes to flourish? Don't you want your time with God to flourish? And you do that by waiting on the Lord, by serving him like a waitress. God, what you want for coffee? I think God's probably more of a tea drinker. I don't know. Maybe God just, I don't even know what they have in heaven, but serve him it. Serve him your life. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptance of God, which is your reasonable service. You focus on that, then you'll end up being what the verse two says, be not conformed to this world. The conformity of the world says, focus on him, whatever, distract yourself with, whatever, 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 whatever. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so in due time, my friend, but in the meantime, invest time and spending time with the God above time. Hope to help. Shannon Craig says, hey, coach, how do you, hey, coach, <laughs> How do you, when God is revealing something about a person in your life and it's not me being jealous and insecure? Thank you. Great question. Um, so One thing about me, whatever comes to me, I put it in one or two places, the shelf or the soil, shelf or the soil. Uh, but I rarely let it in my soul. I, I rarely let it in my soul because the heart is desperately wicked. And, 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 and when you allow things to get sunken into your soul then it becomes almost a part of you, right? So I put on the shelf or the soil, but I really let it in my soul because my soul is precious. My soul is private. My thoughts, wills, and emotions, my ideas, my 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 uh, uh, all that stuff is in my soul. And so when you, when when you are when God is revealing something about a person in your life, and you know that you're insecure, jealous with it, what you do is you just say, "Okay, God, whenever, anytime you drop in my spirit, I pray for them." That's what I do. Anytime, it don't matter if it's a person that betrayed or whatever. As soon as God drops them in my spirit, I pray maybe five, 10 minutes for and I put them back on the shelf. If it comes down to purposeful things, if God wants me to do something on behalf of him, then I put it in the soil. I go and plant that seed, but I don't let it get into my soul because I don't need to be dwelling on another person's life when I got my life to live. Hope to help. Angie B says, good evening, coach. Great seeing you live tonight. It's great to be here, Angie. Thank you for, for joining us. 
Uh, let's see what we got. Let me see what I got time for. Yeah, you got suplex them demons, man. You oh, you can't suplex them demons. <laughs> you can suplex them with the word of God. Let's see where we at. Christina says, how to navigate through a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of mind attacks. Great question, Christina. Well, first, you have to start with who you are in Christ. You must begin where your authority begins. You have to begin where your authority begins, and it begins with the man Christ Jesus. Once you get that downloaded in your spirit and you find your confidence in it, right? Then you begin to investigate and study the armor of God. See, the thing is, most people are more involved in reactive warfare versus proactive warfare. Reactive warfare is I'm ignorant. I don't know what's going on. And I'm just going with emotions spiritually. I'm just getting battle after battle after battle. I'm just reacting. I'm reacting. I'm reacting. I'm reacting versus being proactive. Proactive spiritual warfare is utilizing your authority in Jesus to cancel every plot and scheme of the devil. Every time I do a video, I cancel every retaliation plot and scheme against me as I deliver the young, as, as I deliver the people from under the yokes. Right. So this is what proactive warfare looks like. In the authority of Jesus Christ, I command every demonic plot and scheme of the devil to be canceled now in Jesus name every weapon formed against me I command them to be uh destroyed no weapon formed against me will prosper then I start going to Psalm 1 a thousand may fall on my left 10,000 my hand but it won't come near me then you start getting into exercising and executing and what you want to see in your day I am blessed going out blessed going in blessed in the city blessed in the field everything I touch is gold money is coming to me a thousand different ways everything has been hemmed up by the devil I command you right now to deliver it back into my life a hundredfold Proactive warfare is you have smoother days because now they can't do nothing. You have to first know who you are in Christ and trust that he has given you the authority to trample over serpents and to cast down a strongholds and yokes and all that kind of stuff. If you're having a lot of mind attacks, you got to understand that anytime your mind is attacked, is attacked with lies. So you attack the lies with the truth of God's word. You get faith by coming. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there's some spiritual things that you got to dive in and delve in um, so that you can uh, uh, um, win. Right. So you got to navigate proactively. First thing when it comes out of your mouth, when you start doing that. The first thing the devil's going to do is like who you think you are. I am nothing. But I'm everything in Jesus, a, a name that you have to bow to. That's when you begin to say, hey, I'm going to study more about my authority in Christ. I'm going to read about it, study it, right? Let me pray for you right now. Right now, with the authority of Jesus Christ, I command every demonic spirit that's coming against Christina to loose her mind right now in Jesus' name. I counsel every plot and scheme set aside against her, and I command every demonic spirit to scatter right now in Jesus' name. Loose her mind, loose her house in Jesus' name. I counsel every retaliation demonic spirit, uh, plots and schemes that may come against me for sending a gap for my sister. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right under the peace of God. I turn my attention back to you, Father. I think that you will give her a peace that surpasses all understanding that's going to help her uh, hold her mind and heart 
in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray you seal this moment as a monumentous encounter for her to know that this works in Jesus name. Amen. Now, from there, you build from that by studying. And I got a book that may help you with that. If you haven't got already, anyone else who struggles with this it's a book called World War Me, Winning the War Within. It's a book on spiritual warfare. It talks about the whole armor of God and its, and its particular functions. And it's got a ton of scriptures in it to help you shoot at the enemy. Hope to help, my friend. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Holding the journal's life changed. I'm I'm so glad, y'all. I'm glad that book, man. Uh, I'm making more books like that too. I got a book that I, I'm working on now, my ninth one. And uh, I think that's the direction I'm going to go is writing books like that. So thank you for that support. Oh, the Holy Spirit said, that's it, Josh. That's what I heard. That's it, Josh. <laughs> Love you all. I pray that y'all got something out of this. Listen, hit that notification bell. I'll probably be going live a lot more in this new season of my life. Uh, the new phase of my life, I probably go on live a little bit more. They may be shorter though. When school starts back up, I probably be going 15 to 20 minute increments. So, um, stay ready, hit the hit all notifications, man. So that you can be able to, uh, have your questions answered. So make sure you check out, uh, if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you want to talk to me and you need pre-engagement, engagement, dating coaching, uh, or, or, or marital coaching, let me know for relationships. If you need spiritual support and you need spiritual development coaching, I got you. If you ain't you, if you're single, like man, God, uh, Josh, man, I need God's help with my singleness. I help you understand what your singleness is and help you maximize it. If you need help discovering, developing, or distributing your purpose, I can help you with that. If you need marketing, branding, business ideas, stuff like that. I help you with that. If you need uh, a speaker for an event, all that good stuff, I'm here to help you. That's on my website, imunplugged.com. Check out the Holiness Journal. We had two people share testimonies about how this book has been a blessing to them. Check out the card game too. If you're struggling with your singleness, this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great book um, that helps you process that. This is actually part one of this book, but it's, this book is for teenagers, singles, couples, dating, married, etc. If you are in a dating relationship or by yourself and you want to learn more about if you're ready to date, this book right here, Dating Prep, will prep you to date the love of your life forever by helping you date God, date yourself, and become dateable. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, is a book that helps you better understand them and how to overcome them. If you have questions or need help with discerning whether or not this is the right city, person, husband, wife, whatever it is. Counterfeit or Counterparts, a great book to help you to discern the will of God in your life and to help you understand how God confirms things in your life. My wife and I also have a children's book called As He Says, As and For Students I Serve, great book resource there. Of course, the Spiritual Warfare book that I just promoted is available there. Also, you get t-shirts, all that good stuff, and other card games. I got to create graphics for those all on my website, imunplugged.com. I love you all. hope you all were blessed by this. Let me scroll down because a lot of people be saying stuff. All right. Yep. Hope y'all was blessed by this. I'll see y'all Lord willing tomorrow. Peace. Have a blessed one.